It's just great to be worshiping with you online and here with our live studio audience. It's been just a little bit. Yeah, it's great to have you here this morning. It's good to be with you. Don't you love it when movie tra trailers used to just show you the whole movie, you know, and you just knew everything? I'm just curious, how many of you have seen Forrest Gump? That are here this morning. Okay, a good a good number of a good number of you. Cool. If you've uh, if you're online, you can reach your like button. You can let us know there. That'll be kind of your hands up. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new series, as Sarah mentioned, at the movies '90s edition. Now the. The irony of nobody having been to the movies for months, you know, does not escape me, but these are 90s movies, and so maybe you've, you know, had a chance to see all the ones that we're going through this month, or maybe you've been to the drive-thru and see, uh, drive-in movies and seen some of the classics, but here's, here's the reason why we do an at-the-movies series, because I know sometimes people are like, what? You know, what, what's, uh, what's kind of, what about the Bible? Are you going to talk about that at all? Yes, yes, we're going to do that, but one of the reasons why I look forward to doing an at-the-movies series is, number one, I enjoy movies. I enjoy the collaboration of talent and ability that comes together. I mean, so many different people. If you ever stop and, and instead of just leaving immediately after a movie and watch the credits and see how many people have collaborated to come together to tell these stories, everything from silly entertainment to experiences that impact us deeply, I, I just enjoy movies in general. And two, story is one of the most powerful ways that we communicate the human condition to one another. And so when we watch a movie and we feel what it means to be human um, and we're connected to one another, connected to what life is like, and, and as a result, our, our movies also talk about some of the same themes and stories and issues that Scripture talks about because God's story is our story as well. And so that's why books and movies and TV shows and plays can make such an impact on us. They capture life experiences and articulate them in ways and words that we didn't even know how to articulate on our own and in ways that can be so meaningful. Now, not every movie is created equal in this regard. So when I went through the list of 90s movies, like for example, Dumb and Dumber was made in the 90s. And, and that has some nostalgic significance to me and, and some friends of mine, but I figured you know, maybe that one would not make the list. Uh, th this time around. Uh, there are a lot of great films that came out in the 90s, though, and Forrest Gump is one of them. So if you go on IMDb's uh, top 250 movies all-time list, uh, Forrest Gump is number 12. Uh, out of all the votes from IMDb users, it won six Oscars. It was nominated for 74 awards, won 44 of them. Earned Tom Hanks a Best Actor Oscar, Gary Sinise a Best Supporting Actor Oscar. It's a pretty incredible movie, but here's the IMDb summary. I always love reading these. And here, here it is for Forrest Gump. The presidencies of Kennedy and Johnson, the events of Vietnam, Watergate, and other historical events unfold through the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75 whose only desire is to be reunited with his childhood sweetheart. These always make me chuckle because although every statement is true about the movie, it hardly is a satisfactory description of what actually takes place within, within the film. Um, now, I'm not going to be concerned too much with the sermon series about spoiler alerts. Uh, Forrest Gump is 26 years old. How does that, just pause for a moment, how does that make you feel? I know how it makes me feel. Uh, it's 26 years old, uh, but while there are fascinating themes of historical events and relationships and hard topics like racism and abuse, to me, the most powerful theme within this film is how our perspective on life shapes our reaction to life and what happens around us. 
Forrest Gump's love and admiration for his mama causes him to regularly repeat the proverbs that she gave him to be able to make sense of life. The most famous being this, mama always said, you can say it with me if you want to, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Now, I'm not sure if giving a box of chocolates is still much a thing. Like I know what kind of candy Renee likes, so I just give her that. Um, I guess I see them around Valentine's Day, but if you remember the last time you had a box of chocolates that didn't have a cheap sheet, a cheat sheet, because uh, they started, started putting those in there, um, you take a fairly good risk with your taste buds when you get a box of chocolates. The flavors that stick out in my mind are toothpaste and orange toothpaste. Now, I'm not sure how those flavors got past quality control, because it seems like, you know, we're selling this box of chocolates, we want to sell other box of chocolates later on as well. Uh, but those, uh, th those, those are what I remember from cheap boxes of chocolates. And when I think of the statement, life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, I don't think that there could be a truer statement for this year. If you think about, what, oh, okay, there's a little bit of, for those of you uh, online, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, sound that, that, came, that came out as a result of that. Uh, while pandemic and injustice have been the hot topics for a sustained period of time, um, think back with me about some of the things that happened at the beginning of the year. Brush fires sweeping across Australia, uh, murder hornets, did you catch that? I mean, that was like a brief blip in the news cycle. Uh, Kobe Bryant's along with his fellow passengers, his tragic death, that happened earlier this year. Uh, two, way too many political events uh, to name, both for here and abroad. Brexit happened earlier this year. Uh, on Tuesday, the first hurricane in the season is, is supposed to hit the North Carolina coast. You know, and at least November will be a slow month, and so we can look forward, forward to that. You never know what you're gonna get. But even with these large-scale unexpected events, what has been, remained true even before the year 2020 is that we have always dealt with unexpected events that pop up in our lives. I mean, that's just a fact of life. We know that that's gonna happen. And in the few things that are certainties, as Forrest's mama reminds him on her deathbed, you have to do the best with what God gave you. Now, most of us immediately think, when we think of what God has given us, we probably immediately think, I know I do, I think, oh, my possessions. You know, what resources do I have that I can do the best with what God gave, gave me? But the way that, in which Forrest lives his life, it's clear that he's not nearly as concerned with possessions, but he's concerned with purpose, meaning, and ultimately how they impact his relationships. And so this man with an IQ of 75 may be simple-minded, but he brings clarity to the most complex issues for his friends like Lieutenant Dan and Bubba and Jenny, or Jenna. It, it makes me think uh, of this encounter between Jesus and his disciples as they bring up their own idea of destiny and meaning and purpose. And so in Matthew chapter 18, his disciples come up to Jesus and they ask him, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I always love Jesus' responses to these types of questions. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. The disciples are regularly concerned with power and position, and it's a part, it's a byproduct of the culture that they're brought up into, both religious and political. That's what people were concerned with. That's what they value the most. However, Jesus is much more concerned with the perspective with which they're living their lives. 
They want to know who's going to win. Jesus wants them to forget about an intellectual exercise for determining greatness and instead become like little children who are trusting in nature and willing to depend on God to take care of their position. You know, intelligence is a good thing. I I, I think it can be well used, but quite frankly, it also gets us into a lot of trouble. I can't tell you how many times that I am not as happy as I could be or I don't do things as intelligently as I could be simply because I overthink things. And maybe you can relate to that as well. Forrest listened to what his mama said and acted on it and he was well served by that. And if I had a dollar for every time I didn't listen to my mama and I should have, you know, I'd be doing all right for myself right about now. And that can be what's difficult to remember when it comes to doing our best with what God has provided us with. When we follow what God says, we become childlike. When he, we ignore what he says, we become childish. Every time we think we know better or think we can take care of it on our own without God or without godly people in our life that he places us with, we get into trouble. And so I just want you, like in the imagination of your mind, think back with me to the last time you remember when you had a childlike wonder of the world and knowing that you could depend and trust in God who holds the future. When's the last time you felt like that? Faith like a child. Not knowing what you're going to get can either give you an impending sense of existential dread, or it can be a reminder that the one who does know what you're going to get has already promised to work it out to the good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose, and it will give you and me an opportunity to approach life with hope for better than expected outcomes, even when we think we do know what we're going to get. And particularly with uh, Forrest friends, Lieutenant Dan and Jenny, and their anger toward God, Dan had lost his legs in Vietnam and blamed God for allowing him to live through that and being absent. Jenny had been abused by her father. God had not made her a bird to fly far, far away. And their response to life became dictated by their pain rather than their solution for it. Forrest, whose legs and mind didn't work the way that everyone else's did, was less consumed, though, by his own limitations and his pain and was more interested in helping others see past theirs. And so his perspective on life changed the outcome of his life. One of the people that I think about uh, who models this in our church is Deborah Whitaker. Deborah is sitting actually right up here on the front row. And some of you, yeah, okay, we can give it up, right? Um, I had the opportunity to spend some time with uh, Deborah this past week, and uh, Deborah's been coming to Velocity a long time. She's also had physical limitations for a long time, Um, and uh, as we talked, Deborah left her walker, and she walked over to me unassisted. And, and what's cool about that is as Deborah stood there unassisted, and it's been a while since that's been the case. Um, she talked about how hard she's been working with her physical therapist, how much healthier that she's uh, working to become, and, and just the, the way in which she spent her time during all of this unexpected, we don't know what we're going to get, time of life that we've been experiencing during this time. And so what Deborah told me, and, and what I think we all need to hear, is that she wanted me to know, and she wants you to know, that God continues to work even through these unexpected times of life, and he continues to move, and that when we do the best with what he gives us, not only do we get to experience his best for us, uh, but we get to share it and celebrate it with other people. 
And while the sentiment that life is like a box of chocolates remains true throughout the entire film, perhaps to me the most meaningful proverb from Forrest's mother was recounted in his first encounter with the girl who would become the focus of his love, Jenny. And after inviting him to sit next to her on the bus, after no one else welcomes him, Jenny asks Forrest if he's stupid or something. You know the words you long to hear from that special someone? It reminds me of the first words my wife Renee ever spoke to me. She let me know her opinion on my ability to shoot a basketball. She's never won a game of horse since. And Forrest's response is this. Mama always said, stupid is as stupid does. And as much as the box of chocolates proverb is apropos for today, I believe this one to be even more so, and, and not for the reasons you might think. If I asked 10 different people what actions fit in the category of stupid these days, I'd get a decently broad spectrum. But one thing's for sure, there would be answers on opposite ends of that spectrum. From that moment on, Forrest and Jenny, they lead parallel lives that intersect with each other, and you could argue that both make foolish decisions along the way. There's a sharp contrast, though, and it's the motivation behind their decision-making. And that's what makes our actions stupid or not. Jenny acts out of the pain of the abuse her father caused. And Forrest acts out of the inability to process life beyond its simplest and yet some of its most profound truths. Forrest knows that Jenny thinks he's too stupid to know what love is, and yet by the end of the movie, we know who's missed out on love and a full life. Forrest has lived his life with a simplistic wisdom while Jenny has lived her life with complex foolishness. It makes me think of Jesus' parable about the wise and the foolish builders, one who builds his house on the rock, one who builds his house on the sand, and when the winds and the rain and the storms come in life, we know which house stands firm and which one collapses. And in the contrasting case of Forrest and Jenny and their lives, the wise build a house upon the foundation of godly love. The foolish build a house on the shifting sands of self. And yet, here's the beautiful part of this movie. Jenny's foolishness, no matter how dark it became, was not over, able to overcome the light and the wisdom of Forrest's love for her. This self-sacrificing childlike devotion to his girl redeemed her. In the end, and in what could have been a wholly tragic ending for her, she was able to experience peace, she was able to experience hope, and she was able to experience that love that she so desperately searched for for so long. Life is complicated. It's like a box of chocolates. We don't know what's coming around the next corner, but what we do know is that if we simply follow the light of Jesus out of the darkness of our own overly complicated lives, We'll see things more simply and more completely than we've ever seen them before. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it, said, it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Scripture is full of proverbial wisdom, and following its principles is the difference between making decisions that are based on trust in our dependence on God or trusting in our own fruitless deeds. It's childlikeness versus childishness. Forrest made the most of every opportunity, even in the midst of evil in his life. He didn't whine and complain, but instead showed determination to do the right thing, and that's the most loving thing that we can do. Because a childlike faith produces an intricate understanding of how to live life. How to live life the way that God calls us to, how, the way, how to live life the way that God designed for us to experience it, and to see his best. And one of the most difficult things to do is to explain the complexities of life in simple enough terms for a child to understand. In order to do so, you have to have a robust understanding of those complexities. And so here's my encouragement to us. When it comes to responding and reacting to the never know what you're gonna get events of life, instead of your gut reaction, look to the reaction godly wisdom inspires. Because our gut reaction creates the complex problems that we have a hard time digging ourselves out of. And God's light shines away on the simple yet profound ways in which we're called to experience life even in a sin-broken world. The world might think you're stupid or something, but the people in your life, as you pursue godly wisdom and, and living as wise, not as unwise, the people in your life are going to thank you for showing them the love of Christ, to leading them to a place where they can experience the peace and the hope and the love that they, they have so desperately searched for and that you and I know about because we know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, um, I just, I just want to let you know there, there are certainly questions to ask about that and, and things to deal with and to wrestle with in your life, uh, who God is and what his character and nature need, mean for us. And I just want to let you know that we're the type of church where those questions are welcome and encouraged, and we want to walk through you with those. One of the best things that you can do with your life is to go all in with God and follow him through Jesus. And so we'd love to talk with you what the, about what that looks like. If you've never been baptized, if you've never had your sins washed away, like we, we want to be a part of that process in your life. And so we'd love to have that conversation with you. But fellow followers of Jesus, like I said before, I want to, I want to encourage you to live wisely according to God's commands and his teaching for what life is supposed to look like rather than maybe how we want to react to the things that happen around us. Every week at Velocity, to keep us centered into what that looks like, we take communion because it reminds us of the foundation uh, for our worldview and perspective that we're called to, is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he's raised again, that we might be uh, drawn into relationship with God to have new life, and we get to share that with other people. And so we're going to take communion, and I'm going to pray for that, but I, those of you that are here, our live studio audience, communion is going to be a little bit different uh, because we have them on three different tables strategically placed throughout the building. And so we're going to ask that as, we, uh, as there's some music playing after I pray, that you take time and, and grab uh, communion. Now, we're using the double cup method, okay? So as you pick that up, there are two cups. Uh, the bread 
that represents Jesus' broken body is on the bottom and the juice, because we didn't want to do it the other way. You know, if you, you pick up, okay, right, all right. And the juice which represents his shed blood, it's on the top, all right? Um, and so after I pray, I'm going to invite you to uh, take some time and, and do that. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship with each other, whether or not we're here in person or online. We know the church is not a building, it's a body of believers. And so, God, we ask that you continue to work through and in us to live as wise and not as unwise, to develop and work toward a childlike faith rather than a childish faith. God, we praise you for the ways in which you show up, that you continue to make your promises made known in our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.